hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Welcome to the cast next door, where we love your mother's cookies. We talk about the micro thriller, The Boy Next Door, minute by exquisitely gorgeous minute. I'm your host, Park Parkinson, for this minute, and with me are Daniel Ifland. Hi. And Antu. What up? And we are talking about minute 72, in which uh, Kevin makes a sandwich. Okay, I just need to mention this straight off the bat. He's making a chip sandwich. Okay, that's not common here in Australia, so what's the deal with that? Okay, you just said chip, which surprised me. I thought you were going to say crisp. No, no, we say chip in Australia. Really? Okay. So you, 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 you don't say potato crisps. All right. Not as British as I thought. So, no, that's, that's a thing that, like, usually little kids do. Like, and I did that when I was a little kid. In fact, I, I, remember, I remember specifically really loving um, ham and Colby Jack cheese and um, Cool Ranch or Nacho Doritos and uh, chocolate chips. And, uh, Sweet Jesus. And... <laughs> And 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 uh, mustard, and sometimes I would put honey in there as well. But I was a weird child. But just putting chips in and then kind of like crushing them down is, um, yeah, that's not that abnormal. It's a thing usually like like again like a little kid would do. You wouldn't usually see like an adult, certainly not in a movie, an adult doing that. That's kind of strange. But it's not super weird. He's got ham and lettuce, so he's sort of upgraded a little, I guess. But I think. The kitchen is very dark at this stage. What what time of day are we looking at now in the movie? This is nighttime. I think it's nighttime. He's just drifted into nighttime. Like he's make he's fixing his own dinner because J Lo has been on her mystery adventure. And I guess you got to figure it took time for her to. Well, she got home and then she got into like Noah's place hmm. and then um, it took time to drive to San Bernardino. Especially, you know, it's got to take a, like an I don't know a half hour hour or so at least from where they are. And then then she has time. She hasn't gotten back yet, but she's talked to a cop, you know. Yeah. So it's it's been a couple hours. This yeah. this could be like evening or early evening. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely by the end of our minute, it looks dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. right uh, on the edge. Yeah. So I you know Kevin's having himself a, a late lunch, early dinner snack. Um, and uh, mm. we said this before. Uh, this is another tangent, but god damn, they have a gorgeous kitchen. I'm so envious of this house. Like, okay, there's a slight problem with. It's got giant bay windows that face someone else's giant bay windows. But other than that, this is a really nice home. It's sort of like the platonic ideal. It feels like one of those sort of uh, northwest homes, possibly, you know, it's tucked into the Oregon hills. Or so. It's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, do want to move, I do sort of want to move there immediately. And Kevin has kept it pretty clean. Like he's made that sandwich. Uh, he put his chips into a bowl. Like he didn't just throw them straight out of the packet onto his sandwich. Like he's doing well. Big up, Kevin. Uh, when you said Northwest, I just thought, hey, you mean Kanye West's child's <laughs> home? I'm like, okay. It's a bit of an obscure reference. Uh, Kanye West. 
Am I allowed to say that? Is it... So Kevin did leave the milk out on the counter. We're getting really specific right here. Kevin leaves the milk out on the counter, which is not very cool. But um, that, And that milk counter is... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of knives. Their kitchen has a lot of knives over by the um, by the wall. They've got a couple of magnetic strips. I'm making hand <laughs> motions here, but you can't see that. There's no voice why to do that. But they have these couple of, of magnetic strips on the wall with 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 knives there. And it's just like... It's just a psycho's wet dream. It's just a shitload of knives. It must be like four butcher's knives, um, a, a couple of of like serious like uh, like like carving knives, and and a, and like three or four paring knives. It's a bunch of He's... knives. You could really start some shit in that. And they kitchen. don't even use it. Like she, well, she grabs the knife there for her uh, moment when the door's rattling. But it does feel like the lighting and the knives are set up there for some sort of confrontation at some point. Yeah, I feel like we've been set up to think that this is where. I mean, even the title, "The Boy Next Door." Well, shouldn't the house itself that is next door to the boy shouldn't that be <laughs> where like the final confrontation happens? Like we've been set up, but it's obviously by this point we know that's not. It's probably not how it's going to go. Um, I mean, I guess if you've watched the movie already, it begins with a somewhat ominous scene in a barn with the engine hanging yeah, over, and you begin to think then, oh, maybe something <laughs> might be going here. But, but obviously by now we know there's a really good chance that Vicky's house is going to be where things go down because we've gotten the, you know, we've seen Vicky go down, literally, uh, and, and we know Noah's over uh, Before there. we get to the phone call, can I ask or about the milk? Is that milk, like... Is that a generic packaging? Is that something you've seen before, Park? It reminds me very much of the little milk carton from um, Coffee and TV, the Blur <laughs> video, the little dancing one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it looks so cute. I mean, I don't know if that looks exact carton, but but just um, like milk in a in a uh, hmm. half gallon yeah, yeah, carton. Yeah. I just is thought it's got common. a nice little cow on it. Good color scheme there. Yeah. Um, genre designers or production designers, I guess. Hey. I'm assuming this is not a set and one of like the producers' houses because like you know they're trying to save money. So I wonder, I wonder how much of this is. A, I mean, if it's if it's a house, it's a really huge one because obviously it has enough room to not feel cramped despite having all of the equipment in there. And they, I think, I'm guessing it's three walled sets because uh, I don't think they show all yeah, four walls in the house, at least not during a scene. Uh, yeah, they don't show the POV yeah. from this one. So I don't, I don't think, I think it's, I think it's a set. You know, actually, now that you say that, maybe it is a four house because beforehand we saw, we saw J Lo going back and forth inside the kitchen, and I think we might have seen all around in that scene. So no, maybe it's a really nice house that's really spacious and it's got room for their equipment. Um, I could believe it. They certainly do have a house that it's based on, at the very least. Even if they have some parts <laughs> in a soundstage, they've got a house that's based on. Because we see it from outside, and we see characters go in and out, and it looks like the same inside and outside. So at least some of this is shot now. So I guess no, it probably is. It probably is an actual house, just quite roomy. And like you said, that would Lovely. save money <laughs> about having to build a set, particularly a set that also matched a real life house. You call this a micro? thriller in the intro so is that what you're referencing oh well no yeah part of the so that was kind of the the way it was sold a little bit and the way they've talked about yeah. it but and i i like that term it's kind of like a, it's a neat genre um it has to do with the the money yeah this was made yeah. for about four million dollars which is super cheap yeah cheap, no. Very um cheap. and it's a bit of a kitchen sink 
you know, I mean, a, 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 almost like a, like, a, like a bottle movie. Like, it's got very few locations. Um, mm-hmm. There's the school, the home, and then Vicky's house, and that's really it. Then there's a couple of scenes where they go beyond that. Um, but it's mostly, I mean, the house, I would say, has like, what, half the movie is in yeah, the house? The um, it's pretty contained. It's a pretty good movie. Like, it looks solid for $4 million. It's very beige, brown, orange, but, I mean, that's the color scheme to stick with. I think it looks pretty flash for $4 million. Bucks. And, and that's, yeah, I would say they left it on the screen. That's really common, too. A lot of um, a lot of movies use that, uh, there's a lot of uh, blue tint and orange clothing. Hmm. Uh, and yeah. that's, and especially with in this scene or a few scenes ago, since JLo began wearing the Velma sweater, uh, was especially true. Yeah. And and then we go back and forth between like their kitchen is kind of orangey, and now in the scene, Noah or, uh, Kevin gets a phone call from Noah, um, who is in Vicky's place, but Vicky's place is all dark, and it's very blue tinted there, and it looks like okay, so now it looks like it is evening, um, possibly. Blue yeah. filtered night, but but it's supposed to be a night, and it's very blue in in where where Noah is. <laughs> it's very blue where Noah is, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, they get that nice contrast in color between Kevin at the kitchen table making himself a sandwich and eating it and pouring himself a glass of milk, very homey, and then this very like dark place where Noah is. Um, Looking and being totally creepy, and and that's all blue. And Kevin's place is kind of orangey, earth tones. Orangey, yeah, the blue orange thing, isn't it? There's a name for it, but I'm not smart enough to know. They are complementary colors. Thank you very much. I What's just taught color of... theory to my, in my class. Okay. <laughs> What's kind of weird is like Noah says, "Hey, I'm just hanging out, Vicky's," and you know, in in the history of the film, like he, Noah's had like this very public conflict with Vicky like you know why isn't Kevin suspicious of that at all he's right he does give a slight Kevin does give a slight you're at Vicky yeah like, it does seem like he's like he's baffled but he's not upset he's like you know that it does seem like a strange thing and she's fixing her tractor which has not been mentioned yeah. before and yeah that relationship between Vicky and Noah doesn't well, exist so it is you're right Kevin probably should show some Kevin more Kevin is uh, an idiot baffled right? about that Kevin yeah, is Kevin is yeah. really dumb. He is he is so <laughs> that is super harsh. He is he is uh well, first of all we, I was introduced with to Kevin in the first few minutes where for his birthday he had a vanilla cake with vanilla frosting. So I've never liked Kevin. <laughs> hey, I, we clearly uh, we just established that yeah. they made his film for 4 million dollars. So <laughs> they could not afford a chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ch- chocolate tips it over the edge. Uh, Craft services hey, couldn't I, get, couldn't <laughs> rustle up a chocolate cake for them. That's no, a, a and, and then since then we've seen him just be like really easily manipulated. He just he will fall for anything. He wants so bad mm. to be friends with Noah. He wants so bad for his dad to be nice to him. He'll just whatever whoever tells him whatever, he'll go with it. He's really just yeah. kind of kind of a moron. And uh <laughs> the the whole conversation plays out. Noah is clearly evil on the phone. Kevin yeah. should be able to pick up on that. Just the way he says what does he say? Give me a hand. And when he says, oh, I'll just ask my dad if we can come over. And he goes, get over here. It's like, yeah, things aren't going well, Kevin. You should probably ask him why he desperately wants you to go to Vicky's. You know? 
in a, in, in, a in, hurry. in my head, it went like the conversation uh, went like this. Um, you're at Vicky's? Yeah, I'm at a ranch. Do you know where it's at? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know where it's at? Yeah, no, I think I know where that is. Is everything all right? Can you and your dad swing by and give me a hand? Yeah, okay, let me ask. Just get over here. Like, that's how it sounds in my head. It's yeah. just, There's, like, a tiny flower child on the phone with Satan. Like, it's really clear that <laughs> he is evil. He is he is a dangerous person who is thinking dangerous thoughts right now. If your mate called you up on the phone and had that conversation, <laughs> you would ask a lot of questions. What's that, Greg? I don't know, man. Settle down. What is wrong with you? There's like a weird a relationship message? here. Okay. Hey, like, let's break this down. Like, I want you to bring your dad over so we can both work on our vice principal's tractor. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Every man. weekend. That oh, is a That's, I don't. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in America, it's very common to work on your vice principal's farm <laughs> equipment. Every weekend, my dad and I will go to the vice principal's house and work on his tractor. Totally normal stuff. Everybody does it. You know, you're the yeah. weird ones here. It also identifies <laughs> Vicky being the most unlikely father in the history <laughs> right. of movies. Yeah, part of it is like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I understand Vicky lives in a farm, and maybe there is a tractor. Or she has a farmhouse. Yeah, I have a hard time believing she farms, and that, <laughs> and I assume if Vicky has a tractor, then whoever else actually uses the tractor, because it ain't Vicky, whoever else uses the tractor can also fix the tractor or know someone who fixes tractors. Yeah, you're right, Daniel. She does not strike me as a farmer. I mean, I don't want to stereotype here, but yeah, tiny blonde Broadway stars do not generally <laughs> till their own land. I'd say. She's out there every day hoeing the earth. Oof, gets enough to sewing the seeds with her bare hands. Yeah, I've got to get into vice principling, but this fence has got to go up. (laughs) From, well, it's very, you know, I get up at four o'clock and from four to seven I farm. And then at seven o'clock it's time to go to school and be a vice principal. But then at three o'clock when the bell rings, I'm right back at home farming until sunset. I, I, I like the idea of a, a very tired vice principal that's volatile because they've been farming all morning. They're just like not getting their eight hours of like, I need a farm! God damn it. They're, they can't pay attention. They're just they're thinking about the radishes all day. Yep. Yeah. 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 God damn it, Penny. Just behave. You would not believe the morning I had with my chickens. Ah, uh, not SATs and crop blight at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish one day she actually comes in like she comes in with dirt covered overalls and realizes right when she gets to the door oh i forgot to change from the farming i'm still wearing my farming clothes <laughs> no so it makes no sense it makes no sense that he's working with uh he's working on vicky's tractor uh but kevin has no qualms yeah sure i'll take i'll get my dad over there too creepy guy i'll just say that we don't see the conversation i've seen the future minutes so we don't see the conversation between uh, kevin and his dad where he's like well he's fixing the tractor dad let's go and help him (laughs) what wait are you telling me your your friend who didn't you tell me he called the principal like a crusty hag or something (laughs) a a, a, a dried up old hag and he's helping her on 
Her tractor? And I've met Vicky. Vicky does yes. not farm, son. What are you talking about? Oh, come on, Dad. Let's just go over. It'll be fun. All right, we're going to go and see. But I'm not working on anybody's tractor. Of course, when they hang up, we see what's going on. And, it, uh, and we get to uh, Noah, who is now... Okay, if you haven't caught on by now that Noah is evil, it's time for him to villainously monologue. <laughs> so we get he we were saying beforehand this would have been a great like this would have been really cool as a trailer it's Noah looking right at the camera saying let me just start off by saying I'm sorry no really I'm very sorry Vice Principal Lansing see I've got a bit of a temper that, that's where our <laughs> minute ends with the I've got a bit of a temper the understatement of the decade so in this movie if we stop right now they're they're holding it for the reveal with the monologue and like you said the reveal could be chris and chenneth without a head but the reveal could be he's patched her up and called the cops and i'm really sorry you know i do have a temper and then they just have a have a relaxing night together is uh that would be a great a great uh, a great curveball for the audience yeah it's yeah. the paramedics are like about to arrive and Kristen Chenoweth is just sitting there yeah. with bandages around her face <laughs> like like Duffy from uh, Talking Cat and uh, he's like yeah, I'm really sorry I've got a bit of a temper um, I didn't mean to hit you so hard I don't know what I was thinking I've called the paramedics everything is going to be fine yeah she's like drinking a mug of hot cocoa and <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy the cocoa. I made you this sandwich with potato chips. Hey, and I did your farm work for you, so you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I farmed yeah. for you while you were passed out. Yeah. yeah, but we but we don't know. We it ends with just ominously he is talking to the vice principal. Yeah, I I I I thought when I first saw this, I I won't say what's happened. I will leave that for the next minute. But I really thought when I first saw this. They're going to zoom out, and it's just going to be Vicky's headless corpse. And as he's talking, like, his speech will be punctuated by blood spurting out of her neck hole. That was what I was assuming we were going to see. <laughs> she does have uh, – this does remind me very much that, like you say, it could have been used in the trailer because there's never any mystery that Noah's a – you know, a lunatic that's going to kill everybody. So it reminds me very much of like a spiritual prequel to um, Sleeping with the Enemy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The movie with Patrick yeah. Bergen and Julia Roberts, where Patrick Bergen is evil from the first frame. And the movie's not really about finding out he's evil. But, you know, if Noah hadn't <clears throat> post this movie, if he'd grown a mustache and found a <laughs> gorgeous raven head smiley woman to be with i think that's where he may have ended up but it's got that same feel it, it, there's no mystery about it the the fun is in the the thrill yeah it's case. watching j-lo figure things out which though i said mm -hmm. at which times really that is maddening no, I, <laughs> I do i, I do think noah is vaguely nice slash charming earlier in the film like you know he he does buy her that first edition and all that. So. <laughs> first edition of the Iliad. I mean, I can. Oh yeah, he is definitely he is charming, and I can see why. Like, I think anyone watching can see why she would kind of fall for him. Why someone could even now he seems to be a very charming psychopath. Like he sounds totally evil, yeah. but in a way that is like thrilling and magnetic. Yeah, very much. He's got it down pat. He's. It's it's interesting that he found. 
he found his skill. I, I fix things and I'm a charming <laughs> psychopath. It, yeah. So let's combine these things into my he has, position. He has, what he has followed you. his bliss uh, <laughs> and it has led him to a career as a charming psychopath. That's what he's good at. And maybe farming. Yeah. In this minute, we only see the the barest glimpse of J-Lo in, in the beginning. Um it, oh, the last loving look at the 2006 <laughs> minivan yeah, the, before she rushes away. The cop walks away and she looks kind of worried and she goes back to the minivan and yeah. And then mm. she runs away from the minivan. Like all of a sudden she realizes time is of the essence. Like, mm. why don't you call your kid yeah. who's home alone <laughs> while there's a murderer running around? You just confirmed. Um, but, but yeah, the no, I think even she tells does a really that. good job. I, I, I would say actually, mm. I mean, um, there are lots of characters I, I, Fine trying. I mean, no, it's Kevin, but uh, all of the all of the actors do a, do a do a good job with their roles. I feel like Kevin is exactly who the director told the yeah. actor to make Kevin. Yeah. He's got that sort of handsome Sam Levine deal going on. Very dark haired. His features are all very strong for that age. He sort of looks yeah, like a yeah, like he doesn't look like Sam Levine. But you know how he's got that real sort of dark look with the... You're, just, you're his, describing Kevin his, in like um, terms of being attractive, and it's very weird to me. Uh, hey. Sam Levine. <laughs> is Sam Levine attractive to you? I mean, I he's, guess. he's not a bad-looking kid. It's just um, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is so terrible. It's I like, think, uh, like, next to uh, Louise Guzman. No, it's not Louise Guzman, but... Uh, that's the, the that's a different... He look, Kevin would look very Ryan attractive Guzman. next to Louise Guzman. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm saying the boy next door with Ryan Louise Guzman. Guzman, like next to Ryan Guzman, like yeah, Kevin looks like not so attractive, but like Kevin, the actor playing Kevin is like uh, an attractive person that you would put in a movie. Hmm. I, I yeah, I say I, I my dream remake of this movie just became <laughs> everything is exactly the same except the boy next door is being played by Louise Guzman. <laughs> At the, whatever age he is at the time. If yeah, he's 70, just, yeah, fine. 70-year-old yeah. Luis Guzman. But it's him at the beginning. He stops the garage door with his arm, and then he and J-Lo yeah. make love. In fact, I would do it CGI like George Lucas. I would just, I would, I would take Ryan uh, Guzman out and put Luis Guzman in uh, with, with computers, and it would be him having with J-Lo oh. and him, like, uh, threatening people and... and uh, Knocking Vicky out would be perfect. I could really go for Louise Guzman beating up some skate punks as well. <laughs> yeah, bashing that kid's head part of that movie. Yeah. yeah, like take yeah, this. Take this. Yeah, I'm picturing like this scene with like Louise Gu- Guzman saying, "I have a bit of a temper," doing that whole monologue. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, he, Louise Guzman. His appearance, like his like you know seriously dark, heavy brow that always looks mm. like he's possibly kind of angry. Um, is really belied by his quite like chipper attitude so often, and his oh, kind yeah. of light, kind of slightly I don't know feathered voice. I wonder if he's in that because he <laughs> looks is. so scary. Normally, he looks like a mm-hmm. like a like a like a tiny evil man, but uh, but he's, <laughs> he sounds so that's unfair. He died. I can't help it. He does. No, but even in even in out of sight, where he's playing a baddie trying to get into the. Uh... Into the uh, into whose house? Catherine Keener's house? No. Uh, when he's trying to get into Catherine Keener's... Uh, is it Catherine Keener? In Out of Sight? It looks like her. In Out of Sight, when he's oh, being yeah, bad no. and trying to get in. 
and he's being very threatening, but you're still like, oh, it's Luis Guzman. <laughs> hey, he's so lovely. <laughs> I will always think of Luis Guzman from um, from the Count of Monte Cristo, where he played sort of like the Count's buddy, you know, who was like always there to lend a hand. Him. And he tells him when when he gets kind of wrapped up in his revenge plot, he's like, why do you want revenge? You have the woman, she wants to be with you. Um take you have all this money take the woman take the money and like get out and have a very good life and Monte Cristo who was played by um, Jim Caviezel who went on to play Jesus Christ in The Passion he was like no I am angry don't tell me what to do or I'll beat the crap out of you and and he was just he was adorable and on the side of love, and I, I always I will think of Luis Guzman from that role all the time. It's the way I picture him. Well, once again, I would say our tangents have ranged <laughs> far enough. Is there anything else you guys would want to say about this minute, Daniel? Onto? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, the cast next door, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being thanks, a good host. Oh, well, thank you very much. Mm. I hope everyone else agrees. Daniel, do you want to? Do you want to? No. On to? No plugs for me, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think I might use my plug to plug the blog Angry Asian Man on Facebook. Phil Yu's blog about uh, Asians uh, in the media and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's kind of changed my life. Look. I, you, I, I don't have a plug, but I will say uh, my funding runs out in the next fall semester. So if anyone has any uh, grants or editing work for a... I, I would say highly qualified um, uh, editor and teacher with, you know, 15 years of, uh, of, high, of, of experience in higher education working in language, uh, you know, uh, give me a call. You can find me on, on Twitter uh, as Park Parkinson. Tweet me. I don't usually uh, – I'm not usually on Twitter, but if, a, but if a job offer comes in, I'll be right there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. Adios. Thank you for listening to A Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I've been your host, the improbably named Park Parkinson. My guests were Daniel Ifland and Antu. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at First Ed Ilian, all one word. Download new episodes at thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Edited by Darren Husted. Produced by Darren Husted. Executive producer, Park Parkinson. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, Nurikin, and Universal Pictures. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is the first edition? 